Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think what you can't see in preseason and practices is contact balance and runs after contact and his ability to have vision and break tackles in the hole, uh, which he's done uh, effectively so far. You know, he had a couple of really strong runs last week where, you know, we, we uh, didn't get to everybody, but uh, he made some two people miss in the hole and, and had some positive runs down the field in the holes for three, four-yard gains. So, like I said, I think uh, between the tackles, outside the tackles, I think we can be more creative with them, get them some more uh, balls out in space. That is Jay Gruden, not John Gruden, not Frank Kelly Edmill. That is Jay Gruden talking about James Robinson. And Robinson continues to be so much fun to watch. The analytics on Robinson, the pro football focus numbers on him, the actual numbers, the eye test. The first month of the year has been unbelievable for the rookie, the undrafted rookie uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Really one of the bright spots, no doubt, of the uh, 2020 season for the Jags. We're going to talk a little bit about the Houston situation. Jags obviously have Houston coming up. You know, we're spending a lot of time on Minshew. You know, as we talk about the Houston Texans from a football standpoint, I think it's worth bringing up that Minshew did not play well against the Texans a couple of times last year. Now, they had a chance to beat them late last year, but overall, the two games against the Texans were not very good. You know, in fairness, one was his first actual start in the NFL. Uh, the other one was a critical game for him because he went to the bench after, and that was the London game. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and also J.J. Watt and Bill O'Brien and the Houston thing that continues to look like a mess uh, right now for the Houston Texans. But does it kind of give them a little bit of a lift? Uh, That is the question mark. That's what everybody kind of wants to know. Uh, if that's going to be the case uh, coming up this week against Jacksonville Jaguars. Sometimes you get the fire the coach bump. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coons here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Golf course designer Bobby Weed is scheduled to join us uh, in just a little bit, so we may talk to him. He just redid Ponte Vedra Inn and Club, uh, the ocean course, and this week's tour stop. Uh, He was the designer for TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas as well, so uh, we'll get him on and talk a little golf course design because I actually have some questions. I think it's fascinating uh, job is is that uh, when it comes to even guys like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus and the vision of it. Uh, so we spent a few minutes uh, with uh, Bobby Weed coming up in just a little bit. But let's begin with Houston and J.J. Watt and what's going on there. I can't help but think of when I see this story, and the report is that Watt and Bill O'Brien got in a, a bit of a shouting match, and that led to a revolt with players. Mm. Now, listen, this has happened in sports before, but when I read it, combined with what we've talked about for the last couple of years on this show about player empowerment and branding and what we've seen in Jacksonville with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, even Yannick Ngakwe forcing his way out, I can't help but think like the NFL is more like the NBA than it's ever been in that regard 
where mm. players have so much power. The NBA, my view of it is players have power. If LeBron James wants Vogel gone in game five of the finals, yeah. he, he won't be there tonight. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know yeah. that's a little bit overdramatic, but you get my point. Yeah. I think players have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. I think players in the NFL are getting more power than ever before. We've had these conversations before. To me, this seems like another indication of it. You know, I could make the case that if I'm management, J.J. Watt's been awesome for this organization. Mm-hmm. He is maybe one of the most celebrated players and should be in that organization history. I could also make the case that he's on the downside of his career. Mm. Like, if I like Bill O'Brien that much, if I gave Bill O'Brien this much responsibility, if the guy, if I wanted to keep him around, if I had to pick from two guys, I could make the case that if I like Bill O'Brien as a head coach, that I would keep O'Brien around and he would win that battle more than the player would win that battle. Not how it works, Brent. It didn't work this time. It's not how it works. J.J. Watt and the players, apparently, according to this report, revolt against O'Brien, and days later he's fired. Yeah, so listen. J.J. Watt, say what you want about him, say what you want about the Houston Texans, and I'll get into this later um, you know, in another segment, too, here, but I'll give you a little thesis right now. J.J. Watt will be on the Mount Rushmore in terms of... Texans players. Hey, how could he not be? I mean, Andre Johnson, J.J. Watt, and I don't name the other two, maybe Aaron Foster, but like J.J. Watt is Houston. J.J. Watt is the Houston Texans. He's the brand. Um, he has the respect of that locker room. That guy has definitely earned his stripes. All right. We're talking about a former uh, defensive MVP. So the guy carries cachet. And of all people, and keep in mind, this isn't a new school type of player. This is an old school type of player who has an old school mentality. He's from Wisconsin, for crying out loud. Love those old school yeah, mentalities. Any new school guys from Wisconsin. Well, nah, man. We, we, we have fullbacks in Wisconsin. <laughs> you think we got new school mentality? Well, with that being said, though, this isn't like a, like a, a prima donna star player who's just like, oh, I'm, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm going to go after my coach. No. This is a guy who's been ingrained um, in, you know, in the Texans program, let's just say, for a long time. And the fact that him and Bill O'Brien got in a fight, which I assume was about Bill O'Brien's coaching philosophy, his style, and what's going on with the team, that shows you right there that Bill O'Brien lost the team. If you have, of all people, J.J. Watt coming forward and saying something. So to me, I mean, that's just like, that's the cherry on top of the, the ice cream sundae, where it's just like, this was bound to happen. All of a sudden, you got your star, I mean, I say star player, but you still got your star player and J.J. Watt not liking you. Well, then best of luck to you. You're gone. Because if you don't have J.J. Watt's respect, you're not going to have any other player in that locker room's respect. End of story. Yeah, I think it says a lot that it was Watt, right? It says everything. It's not that it was DeAndre Hopkins before he got traded away and they weren't seeing eye to eye and there were stories about them. It also lends a little credence to a guy like Hopkins maybe wanting out and saying, hey, get me out of here, you know? Yeah. Um, and that not working out. You know, I had my thoughts on that earlier this week. It, to me, the Houston Texans are are dumb in the sense that they lost both, right? You either pick a guy or not. You should have mm-hmm. picked DeAndre Hopkins. You had him for three more right. years, pay him, and don't agree with Bill O'Brien. Instead, you agreed with Bill O'Brien, let him trade him away, and now you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, and you don't have Bill O'Brien. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, for sure. But what was going to be the plan, though? He trades DeAndre Hopkins away because you made him the GM, and now you're going to fire him after that? Like, what did that say about yeah. being an owner? Like, well, I would have fired him before, I and mean, I would have given DeAndre Hopkins a new oh, deal no, for Sean sure. Watson, who I was well, going to pay $140 no, million listen, to, listen. so he had his best weapon. No, I understand, but keep in mind now, like, I mean, you, you say that like it's, it's an easy thing to do, but keep in mind what DeAndre Hopkins' situation was. He still had three years left of his current contract, all right? And now you're the last person to say, oh, you, we should pay him right away. Well, Brent, he had three years left. That'd be like saying pay Yannick Ngakwe his second year. Like, you don't do that, right? So you can see where Bill O'Brien might— Would you might- do that if he was the best player— in the game at his position, Yannick Ngakwe was Probably not. 
Uh, honestly, I probably wouldn't have paid Hawkins. But I would have made him play another year. I mean, I would have like, put him all in. I would have in. paid Jalen Ramsey. Like, I understand there was like, I would have said, I know Jalen Ramsey's good. Sure. Right? Now, Jalen Ramsey comes with a lot of other stuff. To me, DeAndre Hopkins didn't come with all that stuff around. Now, maybe no. he did. I, no, I wasn't I, in Houston every day. I don't day. think he did. I don't think he did. But I'm saying, so you you would pay, um, let's, just, let's call it like this. Let's, let's call him a top three guy for sure. Maybe the best. But let's call him a top three. Let's be on the safe side. Without question. Top Without three. question, top three at his position. You would pay a top three guy probably the highest contract in terms of wide receivers in the NFL even if he still had three years left on his contract. Still three years to play for you. Versus versus trading him? No, but I'm not saying that. You don't got to trade him. Okay, no, I would rather not. Okay. Okay, I would yeah. rather not. No, yeah. from a no business standpoint. Trade him. No. Better, that's Bill O'Brien. I'd tell you to trade him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a business standpoint, I would say, no, I'd rather not. Uh, because, first of all, you're as an organization, when you gave him the last deal, yeah. you're supposed to be able to reap the benefits of paying a guy early. Well, now, in this day and age, you're not allowed to do that. You're like, hey, I'm going to give you 50. I'm going to give you, let's just say at the time, whatever, it was 13 million. Well, that's a really good salary at this time yeah. for receivers. Well, the inflation level, because of Michael Thomas and others, two years later gets to 20 million. Mm-hmm. Well, the organization by rule from a business standpoint should be able to say hey that's why we paid you early we get to win on the back end of this deal mm-hmm. you know we're still giving you a lot of money but we gave you a lot up front we invested we took the chance that you were going to be this good and we should be able to benefit on the back end at least a little bit not to the tune that three years left on the deal we got to go give you 20 million now mm-hmm. so that's the nature of the game that you almost have to or the players are saying hey i'm out you know, I'm out. If, then why is that guy making 20 and I'm making 13? Sure. Well, you signed the five-year deal. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, this is my point, though. I'm like, would I have paid the, uh, Hopkins? Probably not. But I, I wouldn't have traded him away either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you got to come to some the, kind of that's foregone why if you give conclusion. Me either war, I would have paid him, especially yeah. knowing I was going to pay well, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but the, I would have kept those two together forever. But this is the beauty of it. You don't have to do the either or, Brent. You're a GM. You can say, hey, you know what, man? Have a good season for us this year. You still got Deshaun Watson here. I love you guys both. Have a great season. And then after that season, we'll talk about negotiations when you have two years left in your contract. It's as simple as that. But for whatever reason... I, it seems like Bill O'Brien just didn't want to deal with it. He's like, this guy wants a new contract. I just get him out of here then. Like, that's not how we do things here, the Houston Texans way. And, and in doing so, you traded away probably your best player on the entire team for a running back who is just okay, with all due respect to David Johnson. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, so that part of it, obviously. The, getting back to the moral of this story is this player revolt against Bill O'Brien. They pulled the plug on this thing quick and obviously side with the players. And Bill O'Brien, I think, you know I said the other day about Jim Harbaugh and other guys? I think Bill O'Brien had some of these moments in Houston. If you start reading some of the reports and some of the folks that follow the team, this was not like this one-off thing. Mm. But it really brings into, into play just this relationship between players and coaches. And it, it actually... I think this is a very hard thing to explain to folks, but there's a big belief I have, and I have to do more research on it, that I think part of the Jaguars' futility in the last decade has been their timing of how to build their team, shape their team. When the when this whole thing was going to be an offensive league over the last five years, what did the Jaguars do? They built their defense up, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And they had a great defense for a year or two. But they built their defense up while the whole league is going offense. So they couldn't complement it because they were putting too much on the defensive side instead of having some on the offensive side. I even go back to Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley, early years, you're a defensive guy. Why didn't you build your defense right then? Instead, build the offense. Then, as you're under the gun, build the defense. 
Mm-hmm. I would have built it the other way. I'm a defensive guy. I'm going to show you why I'm a defensive guy. We're going to build the defense, and then we'll fix the offense part. The Jags did it backwards, in my opinion. And then just to speak to this kind of theme, the Jags bring in Tom Coughlin in 2017. And while it worked for a year, and he deserves credit for that, were the Jags not forward-thinking in the way the NFL is now? Mm. You don't go revisit 1990 style of football, 2000 style of football, 2010 style of football. Instead, you get a guy that is more, I put in quotes, authoritarian, you know, uh, dictatorship kind of. I'm going to call you out if you're not going to voluntary OTAs. So they bring that into play. And now look what happened. Look how combustible it made it over the last couple of years. And now you flip it around and you see what Doug Marone's done. Doug Marone went from that style with Marone, uh, with Coughlin in 17, to a total 180 of now being a player's coach where his players are going to bat for him to help bring him back in 2020. So I have this whole view, and it's 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 not again. Well, it's it's hard to explain, but, but I just feel it, well, like the Jags have been off in terms of. The temperature of the league sometimes and the temperature of the modern day athletes sometimes mm. and what they've all put together around it that led to where they're at today. Yeah, but keep in mind where they're at right now. Yes, every guy in that locker room will probably go to, to bat for Doug Marone. Not saying that's wrong. I mean, that's that's great. It's great to, to have your coaches back. That's the way it should be. But the guys that maybe didn't have Doug Marone's back that had problems with this, you know, the way things are going in the locker room. Well, they're all gone now. Well, they didn't right? say they had so, problems with him, though. They said they had problems with the guy that was in charge, which was Tom Coughlin at the time. So so you think Leonard Fournette got let go and Ronnie Harrison got let go because they still had problems with the guy in charge and not and the, the had nothing to do with it? No, uh, but I don't. I think if Leonard Fournette got let go and Ronnie Harrison got let go, but Yannick Ngakwe was signed and Jalen Ramsey was still signed, that the Fournette and Ronnie Harrison thing wouldn't be a big deal. But, but this is my point, though. I'm saying there are guys that didn't agree with how things were going, and now they're gone. Don't you got to J- get the sense that the Jags didn't agree with those guys more than those guys didn't agree with the Jags? I mean, listen, you can go either way with it, right? What, 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 whatever the statement may be, there was a miscommunication between Ronnie Harrison, Leonard Fournette, and either the Jaguars brass in the office or Doug Marone. But there was some kind of miscommunication. So those guys are now essentially gone. My point is the guys that are all buying in, well, yeah, they're still here. The guys that weren't buying in, let's just say it like that, are gone now. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, again, I do think those two guys are different than the Ramsey Yannick situation. My, my point in uh, all the bottom line is again, it's a tough thing to illustrate. I just feel like the Jags have been off by a couple of years. Every time they try to build in terms of the 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 feel of the league, the feel of the player. Mm. And by the way, we have said it. The modern day player has changed before our eyes mm. in the last five to seven years. Absolutely. You you got out of the league in what? Fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yep. They've changed since you got out of the league in doubt. 2014. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, they've changed. Mm. So that's how quick it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the Jags have been a step behind on that. Like, okay, now in 2020, we know the Jags players hold a lot of power and they also are going to gripe and complain about this and that. And it's probably better to have a coach that's mindful of that rather than a guy that. Well, doesn't care about that. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and they were a couple well, years behind switching it up. And to Doug's credit, he switched it up. Like he he has he has pivoted that one eighty. No. Now, 
that also means he lost Jalen Ramsey. He lost Yannick Ngakwe. And because of losing those guys, he may have lost Calais Campbell and A.J. Boye and keeping this thing together or whatever else. Sure. Yeah, no, I get exactly, exactly what you're saying here. It just it comes back to J.J. Watt obviously not being that modern-era guy. And I think we can say right here and break it down where Bill O'Brien is probably gone because of that altercation to do with J.J. Watt. Simple as that. Yeah, but I don't know if it's as simple as that. I think that was the final straw. Sure, but I, I mean, think that's a big straw. I, yeah, I think it's obviously the moves that he made as GM. But DeAndre yeah. Hopkins' situation, how does that guy not stay? I mean, you know, we all thought Jacksonville's the only place that this stuff's happening. Yeah. Well, no, it just happened in Houston this well, year in the last okay. few months. Listen, I, I was going to save myself to talk about We, we got time to talk about I mean, we got a phone call coming in. No, yeah, I, we can't get him right now, so we'll, we'll, we won't have him on. All right, so, so check this out. All right. And here, in my opinion, is why the Houston Texans right now are beating the Jacksonville Jaguars in terms of leadership, in terms of the way NFL franchises are ran, and all this stuff. And the reason is simple. Bill O'Brien, okay, let's let's rewind the clocks back a little bit, and let's break down what exactly transpired with Bill O'Brien and how it all set up. Bill O'Brien becomes the GM and head coach of the Houston Texans. Now, that's a pretty big job title, right? That's a pretty big thing to put on your resume. I mean, you have more power in the NFL than a lot of people. Okay, Bill O'Brien trades DeAndre Hopkins. I wouldn't have done it. You wouldn't have done it. Nobody would have done it, but Bill O'Brien does it. So with that being said, the owner, um, Bob McNair, says, okay, you go ahead and trade him. Let's see how this shakes out. So if you're the owner right now of the Houston Texans, you're like, we just lost our best player. I got to give Bill O'Brien a chance to see, well, what's, what is what is the plan here? Because I just gave you all this power. Now I want to see you go through with it. So what's the plan here? So keep in mind, four games into the season, 0-4 for the Houston Texans. One of the hardest schedules in the NFL they had to go through. A murderer's row, if you will. They go 0-4. Okay. Well, they got a pretty easy schedule coming up. They're playing a very decimated Jacksonville Jaguars coming up right now. If I'm Bob McNair, the businessman in me, the, the, the ego in me would say, okay, well, you better beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You better beat these other cream pumps that we got coming up because this is the easy part of the schedule now. So I, I want to see what exactly what the plan is. But what happens? J.J. Watt gets into it with Bill O'Brien. J.J. Watt, who has more tenure, more stripes, more experience than anybody on that team and more respect than anybody on that team, goes, no, I don't like Bill O'Brien, man. Forget this. It's done. I don't want him here anymore. And you know what happened? Bob McNair put his own ego aside and said, all right, I want to see how this plays out, but J.J. Watt doesn't like him. If J.J. doesn't like him, you know, the the all-American hero of the NFL, if he doesn't like Bill O'Brien, then nobody on the Houston Texans likes Bill O'Brien. And if you lose the locker room, that's it. Game over. Sayonara. Bill O'Brien. Have a good one. But this is why the Houston Texans right now had the advantage over the Jaguars. And it goes back to Tom Coughlin. When Tom Coughlin came in, yes, he had success right away. They go to the AFC Championship game. But after that, what happened? You saw discrepancies. You saw players speak out. Now, it wasn't a Clayus Campbell. All right, It wasn't a J.J. Watt-level type of player who had the tenure, who had the stripes, who had the respect per se, but it was star players that spoke out. And what did you do? You didn't really listen to him, okay? You just went along with it. And you tried to make Tom Coughlin the scapegoat as long as you could. And by the time when the season was almost over – 
then you let him go. You didn't listen to the players right away. And in doing so, that kind of turned the players off a little bit, especially the star players, the ones that, let's be honest, matter the most on a team being the star players. So you didn't listen to them. You kept things the way they were supposed to be. You bought into Tom Coughlin, and it got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse. And eventually it got so bad where it was like, all right, well, there's nothing more we can do. We got to let Tom Coughlin go. It was all his fault. It is what it is. But in doing that, that decision right there, keep Tom Coughlin on for so long and not listen to your players, that created ripple effects. And that created long-lasting phantom pains, if you will, where all of a sudden Tom Coughlin was gone, but we still we still feel the effects. We see the effects on the roster, and we see the effects of the guys left in the locker room right now. And in doing that, that is why, in my opinion, the Houston Texans right now are a leg up on the Jacksonville Jaguars because they listen to the players right away as opposed to just, let's go ahead and ride this out. If any team had a chance to ride it out, it'd be the Houston Texans. You traded away your best player. You made Bill O'Brien become the GM. Let's see what happens here. Let's see how this movie ends because we're so invested in it. Bob McNair goes, screw that. Bill O'Brien, nobody likes you on that team. We'll see you later. That's very well said. Uh, it's good. I, I think I would make one small argument that maybe they didn't still not do it soon enough because sure. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Yeah. Uh, but whether that's more because they didn't get along or because Bill O'Brien, the GM's just bad Bill O'Brien, the GM. But you put him in a position, right? It was Cam Correct. McNair that put him in a position to say, yeah, you can do whatever you want with our draft picks for the next however many years. You can do whatever you want with our star players. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oops, can we have that back? Like, because they'd love both moves back right now. They would, they, I would think they would give Laramie Tunsil back to Miami and save the money. I think they would take DeAndre Hopkins back and give him Laramie Tunsil's money. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, but your point's a good one. Uh, that was really, it's, it's really well said. I was trying to come up with ways that I could actually knock it down. And I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, I think it's a hard thing to do. I think overall, and maybe this is because there's this old school, new school shift. Mm. But again, I, that's why I liken it to the NBA, because the NBA, this isn't new. Yeah. In, the, in the NBA, this has been going on for a long, long time. Yeah. But there's a shift in the NFL where it's the shield, where it's front off owners, mm-hmm. front offices, coaches, players. And that's the order. Mm. The only guy that kind of circumvents that order is usually star quarterback. Like, sure. where do you put him? Where do you put Tom Brady in that in that realm, right? Mm. Well, it's not that way anymore, to your point, mm. right? It's more about the 53 have power, especially four or five of those 53 have a lot of power. Correct. And you better listen to those guys or you're going to lose those guys because when they want out, they can get out. We've seen it in Jacksonville. We've seen it in other places. It's Now, you have to calculate and say, listen, I'm going to – I think the interesting call here, and and again, Shad miscalculated if this is what he was doing. When you bring up that example, which again, I think is a great example. If you miss what Austin just said over the last five or ten minutes, I think it's fantastic illustration. But DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt to me versus, let's just say, Jan and Ramsey, okay? Mm There is a hell of a lot more equity built up in these two guys. Without a doubt. I mean, the play that they've had on the field what they've done in the community, what they've done in the organization, what they've meant to the organization, and and how good those two guys, defensive player of the year, best receiver in the game. Ramsey, again, I think brilliant talent, but it's still only a few years old, right? I mean, sure. he's not those two guys, and Jan definitely isn't that. Uh, no, as much as I like Jan, I wish he was and still he, here. He's not that. So I think my point being, I think Shad had to measure, be like, all right, wait a minute. Now, we're not talking about J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins here. 
we're talking about a couple of young players that are they getting a little bit ahead of themselves mm. and is this going to turn out and be this well now we know it's going to turn out and be this. No, without a doubt. And listen, and that's why I opened up with saying it wasn't Calais Campbell. There's not a yeah. doubt in my mind if Calais Campbell, even though he hasn't been in Jacksonville for a long time, but he still has the tenure, he has the respect not only of that organization but also the community. If Calais Campbell would have spoke out and said, listen, man, this Tom Coughlin thing, this isn't working, okay? Not a doubt in my mind, Sean Conlon would have been like, okay. We'll, we'll take care of it. I mean, you have to. Like, if Calais Campbell would have came out and said something and you don't listen to him, well, then what are we talking about here? Right? right? Because Calais Campbell, of all people, I mean, and you know this, the, the entire city knows this. Like, Calais Campbell is, he's, he's a once in a generational type of guy on and off the field, man. Like, he's just, he's that wholesome of a dude. And I think he's to the point where it's like, even if it was going bad, I don't see Clayus Campbell being the guy to be like we, you know, we got to make a change. Should like, Clayus F said something? Possibly. But, who, you know, who knows? Because like, is on record before too saying the reason, one of the reasons he came to Jacksonville though was because of Coughlin. Correct. You know. Yeah. So, so for whatever reason, him and Coughlin got along. But I'm saying if Clayus Campbell would have came out and said something, then I think you would have seen a paradigm shift in, in how the front office was handled. Agree. Unfortunately, all you saw was you know you saw Jalen Ramsey, um, you saw Yannick Ngakwe, you saw some other you know smaller players. Let's just call them and they didn't have the cachet like a Clayus Campbell would have had. Now, yeah. once again, you have to ask yourself, though, I understand in terms of age and in terms of experience, that's one thing. But you also have to ask yourself in terms of potential, in terms of the future, in terms of talent, where those guys are at as well. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's a lot to measure. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, again, the Bill O'Brien thing's interesting. How many years in a row, even though Bill O'Brien was winning some games and, and knocking on the door of playoffs and mm-hmm. winning even a playoff game here or there or winning the AFC South where people are like, ah, yeah, I think they're tired of each other. Right. This guy, there were reports that Bill O'Brien might leave, mm-hmm. that the Texans might fire him. Like there was a, this always seemed like an acrimonious, conflicting kind of relationship here and there. Never was like, bam, on the same page all the time, despite some of their successes. And so I think. You know, and that's been going on even I, I feel like three or four years worth. You know, so it, there was this budding point to boom. Now, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's fascinating look at it, and and now the Houston Texans kind of move forward. Uh, Romeo Cornell is a lovable guy. You know, they like the head coach there now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know how I feel about what kind of spike they're going to get from this. Probably a pretty good one. Because if that's what happened a week and a half ago, that will distra- that that distracts you, mm-hmm. right? If that if JJ Watt and the coach are yelling at each other, because like what you said, that'd be stunning, right? I mean, it, it would wouldn't it be surprising to see Calais Campbell and and Marone yelling at each other? It's the exact same equivalency. It's not surprising to see Ramsey and the coach yelling at each other. You're not Correct. floored by that. You're like, hey, here he goes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't be surprised to see, like Will Fuller and Bill O'Brien, you know, arguing <laughs> yeah. with each other. So I think the fact that they did go at it, according to these reports, probably set that team back even more. Now, I, as I was starting to build a little momentum for the Jags here, yeah. I actually am very concerned now about the bump that the Houston Texans might get on Sunday due to this thing being over. Cornell is a calm, soothing veteran guy that people will play for, and it might galvanize the Houston Texans. And they're already pretty talented. I don't think they're greatly talented. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they're better than the Jags on paper. And it was interesting, too, because I think I saw an article, it was either by Field Yates or somebody with ESPN, where um, a reporter asked the Houston Texans how Bill O'Brien's gone, like, did you have a problem with him? What was there an issue in the locker room? 
and I forgot like, what the percentage was, but I think like every single player said, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't good here. We didn't like Bill O'Brien. So uh, it obviously took J.J. Watt to come forward and say something. But once again, like J.J. Watt, he has the stripes to do that. Maybe some of those other players in that locker room didn't. But if the whole thesis and if the whole, I mean, at least the majority of that team does not like Bill O'Brien and is against Bill O'Brien, I mean, regardless if it's J.J. Watt saying something or not, I feel like you got to listen to the majority. And, and once again, you may say it's wrong because this is the modern era NFL athlete, but at the end of the day, I always say this, the sheep will always outnumber the wolves. And if you lose the sheep, you lose the farm. Well, <laughs> should just put the break on that. Boom, man, I'm out, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good weekend, everybody. Oh, I'm wait, out of I here. I thought I was supposed to be winning. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> but it, it, it's a great point. But when I, when I raise these questions, by the way, mm-hmm. I said it on social media when I, I put this segment. I said, for better or worse, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I just think you have to acknowledge it is a thing. Again, the NFL has changed in the last handful of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have had a guy like Deion Sanders and Terrell Owens. and But I think every team almost has a guy or two like this now. Mm-hmm. Now, whether we hear it all across the headlines or what, we have now seen guys ask their way out of other organizations. It's not just Jacksonville. I understand that was the headline, but this is a thing. And if you don't see eye to eye, say see you later. And uh, it just has an NBA feel to me where hey, the players have this empowerment. And the reason for it, in my opinion, as long I, I've said this and been very consistent, it's the Dolphins. They make more than they've ever made before. They make more than the coach. Your investment in that player is way more than the coach. Way more. Who do you care more about? I care more about my $30 million investment than my $5 million investment. Mm -hmm. I wish I had both. (laughs) I'm going to take off. Yeah, true. At least put it towards it. Instead of my $35, it'd be $35 million. All right, I'm taking off. COVID-19, Tennessee Titans, there's some talk about them getting punished big time. Oh, don't worry. We'll get into that. Stuart Weber's going to stop over and talk about high school playoff brackets in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, more to get to. Don't forget tonight, live, local, loud, plus uh, go raise Tampa and Yankees game three tonight on ESPN 690. Coverage starts at 645. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, then I said, still looking for his fourth career sack. Austin Lane. I'm spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody. And they surprise you. <laughs> I sit here before you right now, and I am surprised. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we talk about Ramsey, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, physical, fast, you know, running off the ball doesn't really work with people like him. You have to be, um, decisive with every move that you make when you are getting vertical. Uh, he's very strong and can easily push you out of bounds or push you out of the window to where he can easily make an interception. So you just have to be smart with every move, have to be physical, and you have to just want it more than he do, even though that's pretty hard to do because he really, um, you know the type of player that he is. So you have to match his intensity. DJ Chark talking about Jalen Ramsey, former teammate. Ramsey with a 10-8 round, if you will, against the New York Giants and Golden Tate. Still waiting for that footage to come out uh, in terms of that fight on the field. Like, someone had to get that footage. There had to be somebody recording that. NFL Films had to be in the building with those giant microphone things, like the giant, like, uh, halo kind of looking things that get all the sound. NFL Films had to be there. 
So whether they're just waiting for TMZ to offer up that million dollars for that video or whatever the reason may be, I got to see the fight video, Kuz. All right, I got to see it. Because you know what? MMA right now in terms of hype and everything, it's a little down. You don't want another big pay-per-view coming up until a while. I need to see some kind of physical altercation. And why not have the Jalen Ramsey Golden Tate altercation, man? Like that, that could be trending worldwide. And from a branding standpoint, if you're Jalen Ramsey, you welcome that, right? Because you're already the heel. You're already the bad guy. So take it and roll with it, man. Let's go. Let's see the footage. I, I never wanted to see um, so much footage in my entire life. Hopefully they release that someday and it'll be all good. It's funny that I was telling Brent about this during the break. Lindsey Thury, who's, uh, who covers the Los Angeles Rams, friend of the show we had her on here a couple months ago. Um, she did a, uh, she did a story about Jalen Ramsey and kind of, you know, the quote unquote Jalen Ramsey being misunderstood, if you will, a la kind of like Leonard Fournette a little bit. So she does the story and, and what she did, it was actually a really cool read, but she goes into the fact that she talks to Jalen Ramsey's old teammates and what do they think about him and how he's misunderstood and maybe how we perceive Jalen Ramsey, you know, in Jacksonville or as a fan base or as me in general have this warped view of who Jalen Ramsey even is because at the end of the day, what do they always say? You're only as good as what your peers allow you to be, right? And you're only as um, good as what your peers say about you. So she interviewed some Jacksonville Jaguars, well, I should say former Jacksonville Jaguars, and asked them their opinion on Jalen Ramsey. And two of the, so both those guys was Leonard Fournette and Marcus Lee. It begs the question, though. You know, with, with like Marquise, I think, you know, I mean, Marquise is a good, fantastic dude. I think he's a great judge of character. And you have nothing but nice things to say about Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, they're around at the same time. Um, very similar in terms of their age and things like that. And then Leonard Fournette, the same thing. But it begs the question if she put out the bat signal to the current members of the Jacksonville Jaguars or the coaches or the staff or whatever it may be. And they said, no comment. You know, um, we just don't want to talk about Jalen Ramsey. So uh, it just it, it, it's a good read. I recommend you guys checking that out. But um, one could say it might be a little swayed in terms of how people will really feel about Jalen Ramsey. I'll be honest with you, man. And I, I never really dealt with the guy in terms of being in the media. Um, obviously, I've heard the stories. I've seen the interviews. My only really experience with Jalen Ramsey was when we used to train together actually at a spot in Jacksonville where I was getting ready to, uh, to go to Chicago and I was training in the off season and obviously he was in Jacksonville training in the off season for the Jaguars. And, you know, he's playing corner. I'm playing outside linebacker. So a lot of the lifts and a lot of the drills that we were required to do didn't really revolve around us crossing paths too much. But, you know, the, the warm-ups and everything and the cool-downs did. So I got a chance to, you know, talk to Jalen Ramsey a little bit and try to get an idea of, of his character and, and what he brings to the table, um, you know, as a as an athlete. And I'm going to say this, and I'm, listen, I'm not trying to be biased here. I don't have any kind of Jalen Ramsey goggles on or anything like that. But my preconceived notion and, and, and my preconceived of what I thought about Jalen Ramsey was yeah he's this diva he's this very um, cocky this very brash all about me type of player right I mean the typical cornerback type of player but in my experience with him and keep in mind this is the middle of summer right now um, you know we're, we're in like this warehouse per se and it's like 100 degrees in there so it's sweating not a lot of talking going on but what I gathered from Jalen Ramsey in those moments was like I understand 
I get why this guy is so good. Now, yes, maybe he was born with that long frame. Maybe he was born with the speed, the footwork, the strength to be one of the best corners in the league. But I also saw his work ethic, okay? And in terms of that work ethic, and trust me, I've been around NFL players a lot, and I've been I've trained around NFL players a lot. And in terms of his work ethic and going about his craft and, you know, and obviously pushing yourself outside the comfort zone, he did all that. Okay, like I, this this wasn't a guy who was just talking the whole time, sitting on the sidelines on his phone. Like the guy actually was working his, I can't say it, but he was working his, you know what off. And in that, I I don't want to say like I found a newfound respect for Jalen Rams because of course he's working hard. I mean he's a football player. He he gets paid to take care of himself. His his body is his business, if you will. But I was actually a little surprised of just how much he was working at his craft, how much he was trying to get bigger, you know, better, how much he was trying to improve on his strength, his footwork, all the fundamentals of football. So that was kind of a, um, it was an eye-opening experience, to say the least, about Jalen Ramsey. Now, with that being said, I still have my thoughts about how he left Jacksonville. I still have my thoughts about that quote-unquote back injury and things like that. But I'm just saying... The guy is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for a reason. And maybe it's his attitude, maybe it's his self-belief, but it also comes from his work ethic at all. And any player that's got work ethic like that, I'll be honest with you, you, you may have these crazy sound bites, you may not respect the media, but I have respect about how you go about your craft and prepare yourself for the rigors of an NFL season. So with that being said, that's my little Jalen Ramsey spiel. Let's get on the Tennessee Titans, though, a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks, ESPN 690, Austin Lane. I'm joined by really myself right now, and Koo's pushing all the right buttons. Brent Martineau is out and about. Um, I believe his son Ty's got a baseball game, so we're sending Ty some good vibes. Maybe he, he can channel his inter uh, John Cole Stanton, if you will, because Stanton's absolutely tearing MLB apart. And I pray that the bet that me and Brent Martineau had between Aaron Judge and Stanton to say who would have the most home runs in the season, well, we didn't really establish was it the regular season, was it the postseason as well, because that's the case i'm feeling pretty dang good about my bet right now but let's get into the tennessee titans a little bit and this is big news right now coming out of the nfl um pro football focus i'm sorry yeah no pro pro football talk released an article today talking about how you could expect the titans could have uh being hammered by the nfl and it could be a historic and i quote a historic punishment for the titans given their various violations I don't need to really set the scene at all for you guys in terms of the Tennessee Titans. We all know what's going on right now, right? Player after player after player the past two weeks has tested positive for COVID-19. All right? It's um, the Tennessee Titans right now. They're in shambles. It's chaotic. It's hectic. And it's obviously not a good look for the NFL. They go to Minnesota. They play the Vikings. Thankfully, it didn't you know transfer over to the Vikings players. They didn't have any positive tests. Vikings still playing football. Not great football being said, but they're still playing football nonetheless. Right now, the Titans are sitting out. And it seems like every Every single day, you see maybe another player pop up, two players pop up. Like, they cannot get this thing under control, okay? So that's one thing. Another thing, though, is now are they violating the league rules? Because the rules clearly state where if your team and your stadium, it has to be shut down due to COVID-19 positive tests, well, then everyone's got to self-isolate, right? Everyone's got to quarantine, and then you got to regroup when those numbers go down a little bit. Well, it was reported, and I want to make sure I get this haul right here for you guys at home. Yeah, so it was reported that, and this is um, 
This is uh, from Steve Lehman, a friend of the show also. Brent's a really good friend, actually. And listen, Steve Lehman, in my opinion, should be like on the Golden Globes red carpet. He should be hosting the Oscars because he's the best-dressed man. No offense to John Bachman, but he's the best-dressed man um, in all sports media, possibly, especially in, in Nashville News Channel 5. With that being said, though, it's reported that 15 players took it upon themselves to have a training session outside of the stadium, like in a nearby park, something of that nature which is a big no-no. Obviously, you're supposed to be quarantining right now. You're supposed to be left to your own devices, and you have guys training together. Here's my big thing now, and it begs the question, what do you do with the Tennessee Titans? What do you do with their season? How do you handle the schedule and all that? When I heard the reports come out from Pro Football Talk saying that you could see a monumental historic decision being made about how the Titans are going to be punished, I immediately went back to the first episode of Hard Knocks. You know, I'm a Hard Knocks junkie. And I remember it was like the, the very first segment of Hard Knocks. It was Anthony Lynn talking to his team as they just got back to the facility, right? The season's about to start. It's different, but we're going to get underway here. And Anthony Lynn essentially said this. The best team this year, the fastest, the strongest team may not win the Super Bowl. It's going to be the team that has the best protocols in place, and it's going to be the team that follows those protocols that's probably going to go to the Super Bowl. It's survival of the fittest right now. The Tennessee Titans, and keep in mind, every single NFL team kind of has their own way of going about things in terms of how they're handling COVID-19. Now, yes, they have to get approved by the NFLPA and the NFL and all that stuff, and all these things have been approved, but every team kind of has a little wrinkle here, a little wrinkle there of how they're going about with COVID-19. Obviously, what the Tennessee Titans have done is not working at all because you have a monumental um, catastrophe right now in terms of your players getting sick. So with that being said, and now the NFL is trying to invest a little bit, investigate, like, hey, we're guys at a party, we're more guys training together. If I'm the NFL right now, the one thing I'm not going to do, I'll be honest with you, the one thing I'm not going to do is give the Tennessee Titans any more breaks. I'm not going to give you guys any more opportunities to have another bye week to rearrange this whole schedule because you guys couldn't get COVID-19 in line. But Austin, isn't that a little harsh? Check this out. The Titans played in Minnesota. At the time, this is, you know, obviously two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago when the Titans played the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Obviously, some Titans players probably had COVID-19 then. And with the sweating, the hitting, the interaction, you'd think, well, at least one Vikings player would have it. And now we're in a best because they even shut down the Vikings stadium, the practice facility, until they knew for sure that everybody tested negative. Well, guess what? They did test negative. So with that being said, like with this COVID-19 thing, listen, this falls on the Titans. This falls on your protocols, and this falls on you guys following those protocols. And right now, you guys have not followed them. And to make matters worse, you had 15 players practice on themselves, take it upon themselves to try to obviously stay in shape, stay tuned. But at the same time, you're in direct violation of the protocol rules that you guys essentially set up in the first place. So with that being said, and I see this headline saying you're going to see a monumental decision come down. The only thing that I can think of, and to me, if I'm the NFL, the only thing that makes sense, you're supposed to play Buffalo this weekend. I cancel that game, and I give the Tennessee Titans a loss. 
because the last thing we're going to do right now is try to rearrange this entire schedule because you guys couldn't keep stuff under wraps. Yes, I understand if one player gets it, two players get it, four players get it. Like, listen, it's COVID-19. It's going to happen. Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots got it today. I understand it's going to happen. But can you keep it contained? Can you keep it within three or four guys, have them quarantine, and the rest of your team is fine? We've seen that happen so far around the league. But the Tennessee Titans, for whatever reason, have not kept this thing quarantined. They have not kept this thing under wraps, and now it's a catastrophe. So with that being said, no more freebies. We gave you guys a break against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We canceled that game. We rearranged it. We had to adjust bye weeks, much to the chagrin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had to sacrifice another bye week, but not two times in a row. Not this week. Tennessee Titans, take the L and get better. Simple as that. Don't put rules in place and not follow them. Don't play stupid games and not expect stupid prizes. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 